All right, thank us for the SBC Podcast Network, where uh, every single podcast is a business meeting with a specific purpose, a specific outcome. I have an MBA, securities, licenses, clients, net worth $50 million and above. I've had these clients for over a decade because I've gotten them the optimal results on the restaurant, paid $6,000 in 1997, sold it for $800,000 in 2003, had people like George Steinbrenner come in. And what happens is you learn a lot. And you share what you learn, not to be nice or to be feeling traffic or religious, it's because people then share with you what they've learned. And then as the world changes, as the world evolves, you can keep up because you have to keep up because it doesn't matter how much money you have or how isolated you want to become, you still have to be uh, aware of your surroundings. You have to know what's going on and you have to have a, a certain level of diversity to be able to function well and to keep up with business in life as it evolves again, as it moves along. So really that's that's the purpose of this podcast. The outcome as far as sports betting is 1500% ROI. So you have, you know, uh, you, you have 15 times more money than when you started listening. If you just blindly took all of our picks, but we just don't give you a fish. We teach you how to fish. We give you the whys. And horse racing, true crime. Uh, very happy with uh, the reception it got. Uh, a lot of people got it. A lot of people like the Fall from Grace podcast. And we got it to the level where it's above or even to uh, the NFL, which usually has been the podcast that gets the most uh, downloads. And we got sponsors to come on. And also, you can get your t-shirts at our website, of perhaps maybe the Heisman Trophy winner, Chance Nolan, starting quarterback at Oregon State. So we, we got usually the football players and coaches and people we know give us information on the backside, on the underground. We got somebody that's playing, that's in the arena, right, in the forefront, on the on – the, uh, there's the underground and then there's the above ground. We got a, an above ground source football information, starting quarterback at a power five college who's dropping and sharing knowledge with us. Not too much knowledge of the opponents gain any edge, but we get an edge in understanding football and monetizing football the way we do. So, the true crime. This is an extension of the true crime podcast where we give you information you don't get in other true crime podcasts. My wife's been a psychotherapist for 17 years. Now I got some people making comments and messages. Oh, your wife has been a psychotherapist for 17 years. I'm like, oh, you got it. You're listening. <laughs> so we watch crime shows. We see elements that are erroneous. It might get you in trouble. So you want to avoid problems that people have by not knowing their environment. Uh, Still on the board, I got to check, still on the board, the Orange County Diversity Council. And companies make 45% more free cash flow when they are diverse. So in breaking down the stakes people make, helping people understand the world with uh, selective prosecution. Uh, it's in the episode notes, we can go on and on and on, different lessons that we learn by understanding corruption in the NFL. And the reason you understand corruption in the NFL is because corruption, local political corruption in your county board or in your city council is not a victimless crime. You pay higher prices for utilities, for the trash, for different services you get from the city, 
you pay more money because of the corruption that goes on there. Every city. In the NFL, the corruption means you pay more for the Sunday, Sunday NFL ticket, $300, versus paying 50 bucks. You pay 50 bucks for the NFL ticket, everybody's still making billions upon billions of dollars. But you don't because of the corruption there. You pay more for season tickets because of the corruption in the NFL. The New York Giants fans on Fan Appreciation Day got a watered-down medium Diet Pepsi as appreciation. Our Fan Appreciation Day. Why? Because of the corruption there with the Mara family. Now, diversity, 45% cash flow. And we use business and financial concepts in order to predict games. Decision science, which is out there. We use that in order to pick games and make that 1,500% return. Another maxim we use is you're the toughest, smartest person in the room. You are in the wrong room. So we have Scott Cove out there in New England giving us diversity in a whole other part of the country. He gets different news, different things going on. And uh, let us know, Scott, what you've got out of the horse racing crime, what we've learned. And then we did the history. We'll recap it real fast after you get your first thoughts. Uh, The history of corruption in the NFL, which, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? You look at the Trump family, this analysis with, you know, with Fred Trump to Donald Trump to Trump Jr., all of them are in the news. Uh, some of them might even still be in position of power. But as you understand the world, it's interesting to understand these people and how they affect the NFL. Because we watch a lot of NFL games and we make a lot of money off of NFL games. What are your first thoughts, Scott? So first of all, I know last week was a shorter show, but... Um... You know, I'm happy to be here. This is this just intertwines with horse racing true crimes. And what I learned off the horse racing true crimes was you can go back years and years and you're going to find a lot of um, mis- misconduct in the horse racing business, a lot of uh, drugs, a lot of misleading, as NBC did with Bashford when we talked about it. Um, you know, it goes far back. It goes back to... to uh, Gill, Mike Gill, it goes back Mike. to George Navarro, trainers, vet, some veterinarians. Um, so more than what I even thought of, I knew there was some mis- misconduct in the horse racing business. I didn't know how much there was. And after, after that set of, of podcasts that we did, you learn that there's a whole lot more and it changes your betting philosophy. Um, right. When you bet these, when you bet these races because of that. And I had my most successful year with the triple crown races that I've ever had. This was my best year by far. And simply because those podcasts that myself and Josh did, and that you all listened to helped out my betting helped out who the trainers were, who the jockeys were to watch. Um, and we hit some, we hit some nice, you know, we hit the exactas. We hit the third, third place show bet in the, uh, Kentucky Oaks, we hit um, we hit some places and shows in both the Preakness and Kentucky Derby. So um, betting wise, it was it was a really good horse racing triple crown year. And there's another one coming, the Breeders' Cup. So we'll right. we'll focus on that in due time. But um, well, how the how the industry works because it it's funny these uh, big NFL contests, million dollar contests, uh, people who end up winning it. Yep. Uh, or come from the finance world. Right. You, how you pick stocks and investment, you look at the whole big picture and you bring narrow, and then you look at the execution moving forward. And then very interesting what Elon Musk said that really kind of crystallized it. I've been doing it, but now I can explain it better, right? Because who's yep. good at explaining than the richest guy in the world? Elon Musk. The closer for me, right? I cleaned up what he said. Two things, right? Yep. The closer you get to the truth, then you can predict the future. You can predict outcomes. Right. And that's what right. you know, that's basically what I do for a living. Yep. Evaluate investments. Exactly. And to, and to give you a little history of football up here in New England is when I was growing up, the Patriots were not on TV. 
They were right. never sold out. So when I was growing up, it was the Cowboys and the Giants were the two games you teamed you saw the most in New England. Um, Cowboys were America's team. The Giants right. were the Northeast team. So you didn't realize growing up, and I've been a football fan for most, if not, you know, pretty much all my life, is you didn't realize what we're about to talk about is to how much uh, mis misconduct there is in the NFL and how much problems there are with these owners and stuff like that. So again, I'll go back to last year. My NFL betting was right. the best it's ever been last year because of the things that I learned on this podcast and what I went to the window or on my phone to bet and the props and everything else. So this stuff helps out a better tremendously. You don't think it does, but it does. Like we talk about it, like Josh talks about all the time, the cheap owners, the Colts, the Chargers, the Vikings. They don't pay for depth. That panned out big time. Jim Coventry. Second half bets, right? The whole last end of the year where guys get tired, guys get yep. injured. We yep. bet the set, you know, the second half lines and they cast all the time because these, these people, that's all they knew. They grew up with you know part of the corruption. Yep. In, in all of this, and, you know, I'm gonna read a passage from the book. Not all of this is a hundred percent, right? Right. These are right. all things on the margin that if you know the way teams operate, right? And another piece of the equation that we talked a lot about on the NFL podcast is change. Yes. And yep. when it really hit me, because I always knew that 95% of people can't change. It's hard to change. And I looked at it from a drug addict point of view, people in recovery. People in recovery, I'm a change person, man. I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, how many times I've heard, hey, man, Josh, I'm not doing that shit anymore. You know? Yep. And then suddenly I'm like, you know, my dad's a pastor. I'm not. But he is, but you know, you just grew up a certain way. You're like, yeah, stick it in there, you know, unsolicited preaching. I'll say, so if you're like, well, it's what you believe in. You believe in Coke, dude. You believe in Coke and hookers. That's what you believe in. That's what you like. That's who you are. Not mm -hmm. who I am. No, right now, that's who you are. And I'm not judging you. I'm just reporting, dude, to try to help you out what you really are. <laughs> Right, yeah, person, cocaine guy, it is not bad. You might not go to hell, whatever, it might not be hell. I'm not saying any of that, I'm just saying who you are right now. No, that's not me. Well, whatever. And you know, things happen 95% of those people do not change, either right. they're willing to change or they can't. Yeah, and be Same thing before with we say's and people in the NFL, they've made so much fun, we... they've had so yeah, much right. fun. And again, you say, Oh, is Trump above the law? Right now, he is most people in that position are above the law. And we talk about here in the, this analogous to this, but it's, it hits the NFL right now, right? We're still gonna be in the history of it. Scott said he'll do another one. So we'll do a part three, which will be more specific to now. This one will we'll hit the, we'll go from the early history to the mid history to now. And then uh, next week we'll finish up with, you know, John Gruden, and uh, so what? Some, you know, Daniel Schneider, uh, Roger Goodell, yeah, but we might hit a little Deshaun Watson today. Uh, but it's selective prosecution. Selective prosecution is the doctrine that there's too many crimes being committed that you can't get to everyone. So the sheriff exactly. or the prosecutor in your town chooses who and what to prosecute. And if you're getting yep. free box seats for the Washington Redskins. You know, you're you you have a less of a chance to prosecute <coughs> a But it, I've lived in Tampa. I've lived in Southern California here, back here. You know, twenty years of my I'm old man, so I could say sixteen years back here, twenty years in Florida, two years in Boston, two years in New York City, six yep. years Austin, Texas, one year in New Orleans, Louisiana. All the places that I've lived, it's all names and the changes. Name and the face has changed, but the story is still the same. Still the same, exactly. Collective prosecution. Crimes yep. that Scott and I would be in jail for. These guys laugh it off, right? Ursay was count with a pound of cocaine, uh, 30,000 pills. 
It was either thirty thousand pills or thirty thousand dollars in pills. A hooker, and he got off. The hooker went to the hospital. That's what she did. She takes the hooker out of the hospital. They start getting high and partying against UODs and dies. And uh, Robert said, "Got what? Nothing." Josh and Scott would be in jail. We were in jail for drug charges, possession, distribution. Even though we weren't distributing, even though we were consuming the drugs like him, we would get distribution anyway. Yep. <laughs> Let's yep. throw it on there. And right, we would get murder charged for taking the hooker out of the hospital and getting high with her again. Yeah, you knew she was a drug addict. You knew she was high. Get her out of the hospital. She dies. Mr. Risquet, you're starting out with murder. Yep. Robert Ursi, owner of the Cardinals, got nothing. So I'm going to read page uh, 32. I emailed it, Scott, from Interference yep. with Emily. Let's get into it. And this is really uh, talking about. When you say, okay, all this corruption, then I'm paying more for money. You just said the story about uh, Jenner saying it's elected prosecution. And this will help you understand and make sense of what's going on in the NFL on a higher level that you are not getting. Even though Florida is starting to do a good job. I think Florida is listening to the podcast. It's starting, starting now to do a little bit more reporting, but still not to this level that we're on. Because I go through it, too. I, I was in a meeting. And I made everybody, I hate to say it, but I had enough power in this meeting that I made everybody do things on the up and up and ethical. So they were all telling me, all these lawyers, $1,200 an hour. One lawyer just surprised me, Sunday school teacher, surprised me. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and let's do this illegal stuff because we're not going to get prosecuted. I'm like, what? And it's true. And I'm like, you know what? You guys are right. This is not going to happen to you. But let's do things the right way anyway. I'm willing to put in the time to everything squeaky clean and legal and right and da da da. And I made my client do it. If I wasn't there, that wouldn't happen, right? <laughs> in other situations, I, I didn't want to exert my power because uh, I only did it that time out of my own anger <laughs> and my own jealousy that I, I don't have the power to get away with crimes like that. <laughs> Don't either. There are people who are committing. But it's so nonchalant. They're like, oh, I know what you guys are doing in all your other cases. And I know what my client's doing if I'm not there. But that's why they have me there. Right. So this book was in the early 80s. And what I've learned, as well as more things change, more things stay the change. Only technology changes. And some things do change and some things never change, right? We're back to the abortion laws of 1971. Oh, yeah. Where I was born. And, you know, it, it's not over. But that was my uh, motivational Monday yesterday. That it's never over. <laughs> you're in a jam. You're not really in a jam because it's not over. Either, either way it goes, you can appeal. If you go the other way, you can do whatever. Never... Life is a never-ending story. You know, exactly. So it's not over, you know. Do not fret. Do not fret. All right, page 32. Organized crime expert Robert Blakely. A former top Justice Department lawyer who is now a professor of law at the University of Notre Dame. The mafia wants an honest game because they know they have contacts with any NFL team to determine how to bet accurately as possible. Right. So it goes back to what we've been talking. All these podcasts we do, they all tie into one another. And they're all former narrative. The NFL Pick podcast has some missing elements of a traditional story podcast, but not this one. This one has all the, we check all the marks. We solve murders, and there's a narrative, they're like a story 
like Stranger Things, <laughs> like any any show you watch on TV that's good has a tie-in. It really goes around in a circle. So when you talk about Mafia, we talk about Steve Wynn, uh, you know, Genovese family, Bartool Sports, right? They they asked Roger Goodell about Portnoy. Portnoy works for Bartool Sports. It works for Penn National. And we know the Penn National is run by the New England Syndicate, the people above Wally Bird, Boulder and all those people. Right. So the mafia wants a, a solid information so they can realistically set a point spread. So the point spread that we're picking on games, we're picking team totals. This is where it's coming from, my friends. And it hasn't changed. Why? Because they don't have to change. Steve Wynn has $23 billion. He was the financier of what? The Republican Party with Trump. He, he has Macau. We get downloads of our podcast from Macau. Who owns a, a, a sports book in Macau? Steve Wynn. He's supposed to register. He's under investigation. But they can't find him, right? The, the people in New England are trying to find him because of the hotel he owns there. Uh, the FBI is trying to find him because he's supposed to register as a foreign agent to have a casino in China. And he's setting policy. He's more powerful than Biden or anybody as far as selling policy with China or Trump or anybody. See, when, without an official role, he's calling shots wherever he is right now, right? So when we talk about the mafia, we talk about them. And the mafia is really, they have 24 headquarters around the country. One, some more successful than others. They have your five families in New York, right? They make their 10% commission on losing bets. So when you understand the point spread, you can interject at any time, Scott. Okay. Their floor is 10%. Okay. Their floor is 10%. So when you see on Twitter, which you see stupid. Not stupid, but uh, these, these casino employees, sometimes it's former casino employees who made a lot of money and are happy, trying to manipulate and brainwash people the same way they've had for 30 years. Like, oh, uh, the Cowboys won as their favorite. The casinos got toasted. No, the casinos made 10% of the money. Believe me, the casino doesn't lose. You lose if you're not listening to us. I always like it when they, when they uh, and I'll post it on Twitter. Oh, uh, Vegas made, or let's say uh, uh, New Jersey had a billion dollar handle. So I'll put New Jersey makes a billion dollars. How much money from the yes pod, NBC podcast? Zero. <laughs> because we, we've won, knock on wood, almost two years in a row, every single week. It's, it's, it's been whatever. Uh, 38 and one, winning weeks to rest. <laughs> so in totality, zero money from the FDC podcast if you pay for the handle. But their 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 bottom is 10%, right? So they they really don't care who wins or loses. Yod mob guys recognize that the danger in trying to fix one game and destroying the whole structure. They want the inside information to help predict a player's performance. Al Davis, the son, Mark Davis, running the Raiders. The bookmakers have contacts with every owner in the league, including his son right now. And then on the bottom it says, yet everybody's looking for inside information Gene Klein, the former earner of the San Diego Chargers, that we'll talk about in a little bit. I've heard rumors about six games, but I probably closed my mind to it. Right? So basically, an owner telling you it's happened. I've had people come up to me and say, how could this gambler hit the point so well? But I'm convinced most owners are goddamn decent people. <laughs> you have to curse like that. Usually means you're lying. So be, oh, games were fixed. No, not all of the games were fixed. But there's a lot of manipulation involved where you can hit consistently over a long period of time. And remember, this is a $16 billion industry, and there's one 
I think now I think this number is low. You know, I used to think it was lower than what they say, but there's at least I think it could be at least a trillion dollars bet every weekend around the world. What do think about that first part, Scott? Yeah, I mean, you, you hate to as a football fan and somebody that's in the, you know, betting in betting like we are and, you know, I'm in the fantasy realm. You hate to think there's, there's a lot of fixing going on in the NFL, but there is. I mean, not so much in players, but definitely owners, definitely people who, who make big money, want to make more money, make big money, want to be greedy and make the, make more money. You know, right. as many zeros as you can get in your bank account is, is a tremendous, tremendous thing. So, yeah, uh, you know, we everybody says you hear everybody saying, wow, Vegas knows, knows something. They know something. Yeah, they know something. They just talk to the owner of the Vikings. This right. is the owner of Vikings. So, so, you know, I'm not I'm not singling him out, but every owner. Vikings, Ziggy Jaguars. Ziggy is the owner of the, of the Vikings. Now, Ziggy Wolf owes money to the IRS. So that's Johnson from yeah. the Jets. Yep. Right. yep. So, to me, it's spot on. Every owner has... Talk to the casinos, to the bookmakers, to the gamblers, to whoever, at least once a week, maybe twice a week, based on the spread. So, you know, you do notice that in the last five, six years, betting has become a huge thing in the NFL. When you watch ESPN, CBS, Fox, what they generally have on their screen is – spread over under right. and then a little betting blurb to go along with it 10 years ago you never ever saw that the last five years you're starting to see it more and more and more because when you go to a stadium you look off mgm grand has a has a thing on on the uh, wall um you know DraftKings, FanDuel, all these you know and they have sports books too they're not just fantasy companies, DFS companies. They are sports betting companies as well. So all these places have started to infiltrate into every NFL stadium. And that's why the owners have talked to a lot, because they support all of this, because the NFL now supports betting, because they have a team in Vegas now, and they support the fantasy game. So, and that's where the NFL makes a lot of their money off of these betting companies. And they want to make money off you. So what you have to do is what we're doing is getting sources of information from different, uh, different sources, right? And look for different, having, doing our own reporting, right? Our own reporting with guys that play in the NFL, guys who used to play in the NFL, uh, guys who are playing in college, right? we have access to, to get to as close to the truth as possible to predict the outcome and to predict the numbers. And now we're not only predicting the outcome on the field, we're predicting what we just read there, right? Of who makes a line, what they're seeing and how they think. Yep. The mobsters you went yep. to high school with, the mobsters you went to college with, that you work with, that you're dealing with now. How do they think? And it's part of a culture. What culture do they come out of? Right, horse racing culture. Right, so the Mars came out of horse race. Rooney's came out of horse race. Bidwells sold their horse racing tracks to who? The Stronic family. It's part of our horse racing through crime. How do they think? How do they think in the corporate world? How do they pick stocks? If I pick them as a client, how are they thinking? What? How do they want me to work? Do they want me to save them on taxes? Do they want me to make them profit? What is it that they want? Right? It's not what you want. It's what they want. So you can figure out yeah. and get ahead of the numbers and get ahead of the people. That's why uh, you need a podcast like this, media like this, this thinking like this versus ESPN, Fox, whoever. They want you to think like a fan. And get a, that's why you never bet your own team, right? Because they got your PR, oh, my team and my youth, I want to pick them, right? Never do not pick your own team because they use that to manipulate you with PR and they 
lie to you, right? Like the way Roger Goodell lied to Congress, right? Most lawyers become lawyers so they know how to lie and how, and how to break the law. By becoming a lawyer, they can break the law and do it legally or illegally, but not get in trouble through selective prosecution that we talked about, right? In politics. So you get to a complicated figure as Eddie DeBartolo Jr. Uh, Eddie DeBartolo Jr. graduated from where? Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame. <laughs> we just read uh, somebody who's a crime expert from Notre Dame. His family grew out of the, the Cleveland Mafia. Now, Cleveland Mafia has a lot of ties because last week we talked about Lefty Rosenthal from the movie Casino was part of the basis with how the line is made that we, that, we, that we just read about. He ends up being the owner of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he had to give the team to his sister because he was arrested for fraud with Eddie Edwards, who was the governor of Louisiana. And Eddie Edwards was one of the governors. They're saying, oh, can Trump run from jail, right? Yes, he can. Eddie Edwards ran from jail and he won. So Trump can literally win the presidency from jail and probably be in jail as president of the United States. The more like, the, the jail's going to turn into Mar Largo, right? With conjugal visits from Milan. Please don't, please don't give him any idea. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably listening right now saying, Whoa, that's a good idea. I think I'll try it. Yeah. Is that a guy from Trump Towers 30 years ago? <laughs> yeah. So, 1980 career case with Eddie Edwards. And Eddie Edwards used the line from Huey Long. Hugh Long said, there's $3, right? Two of them I take them for myself, live a lavish life. One, I give to you, I give you lunch. It's not a steak lunch, but it is a lunch at school. My opponent, out of those $3, he's going to take all three. He's going to yeah. take away school lunch. So you have a decision to make in this election. Vote for the criminal you know or vote for the criminal you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie Edwards running for governor of Louisiana with Eddie DeBartolo Jr., one of these owners, right? So let me ask you this, Scott. If he's committing fraud and crimes and gets busted, put in jail, because remember, this is the crimes that have been caught. How many crimes has he done that we don't know about? Thousands. Thousands so, upon thousands. So, yeah. Is an Eddie DeBartolo type in your life experience capable of manipulation? So the Cleveland oh, absolutely. makes big money on a 49er game. Absolutely. No question. If he's, <laughs> if, he's do, if he's doing that stuff. And don't forget, when DeBartolo was owner of the 49ers, the 49ers were the most, one of the most successful NFL franchises. Right, the they would lose a game in the middle of the season. That they were not expected yep. to lose or to not cover. Yep. On the road. Right? So, so it every year, and I think it's going to happen. They don't care what I say. I think it's going to keep happening because half the people don't believe what we say, anyways. <laughs> we, we don't yeah, and, 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 the, and the way you can, you can look at it is go back to the Super Bowls in the 80s. In the 90s. Right. And the three teams you saw the most out of the NFC were the 49ers, right. the Cowboys, and the Giants. Those three teams. That's who you saw most in the NFC in the Super Bowl. Tells you a lot. Those three franchises, successful. 49ers, especially with the battle of, he probably was doing some things in the back that were shady, not legal. Um, if he did that with Eddie Edwards, just think what, what else he could have possibly done. So um, there was a lot. There was a lot that, that was never reported that he did. So. Right. 
page 172. Now, now you know who Eddie DeBarlow is. Now, to finish Eddie DeBarlow, Eddie DeBarlow was the owner of Simon Properties, owner of all the malls. So you probably, if you went to the mall, you went to Simon Properties, and the mall, right, was owned by the Cleveland Mafia. Because you're saying, wow, if they own the malls, what do they need to own a team? What do they need to do fraud? Because you have to kick up. And what happens when you kick up? Corruption and prices go higher for season t- That's why the 49ers have one of the highest season tickets. Now, Eddie DiBarlo is a nice guy. Yep. He owns school. He helps a lot of people up. Yeah. So, uh, you're talking about this company, 1967, page 172. Uh, Carol Rosen, the second largest individual stockholder in a newly merged company, still behind attorney Morris Mack, Trubel, the fortune that both men increased considerably. Within a year of the Stephen Arts takeover, Gene Klein, 10-digger Chargers owner. Now, Gene Klein was what? A horse trainer. Horse owner. So we're talking about horse racing through crimes. The Maras were in what? Horse, right? The Bidwells sold, uh, sold to the Stronage family. And the Roonies, still to this day, I can't believe it. I thought they were the most honorable family in the NFL, but still to this day, they own six horse tracks. Within a year of the Southern Arts Takeover, Gene Klein, the owner of San Diego Chargers, attempted to buy a newly merged company through his National General Corporation. So why does this owner of horses, horse trainer, have the money to own all these companies, right? Also, he was a car dealer. So, but he was thwarted, right? The federal government threatened uh, antitrust laws. I couldn't get in, but I helped Stephen Ross get in. (laughs) So who is Stephen Ross? He is the current owner of your Miami Dolphins, who's in trouble, who's in court, we're paying off Brian Flores to lose games on purpose. So you get this information, and during the season, what do you do? You bet against the Dolphins because they're losing what on purpose. And their owner is this mobster, crooked individual by the name of Stephen Ross. You're, sense, a, you're a fan of the Dolphins. Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> and the other thing is, if, if you're a fan. If you're a fan of the Miami Dolphins or the Cleveland Browns, right? Find another team <laughs> because they're not winning. They're not gonna win. They might make the playoffs once every five years. They're not winning. They're not. The owner doesn't want to win. The owner doesn't care. Stephen Ross, especially, he don't care. He doesn't want to. Doesn't want a Super Bowl. But these are who he, these people are fools are. And 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 I was in a meeting with this guy, this cattle rancher. From South Dakota, and that's why you never judge a book by his cover. I'm like, oh, let me talk to this hick. Blah blah. blah. My mind. You know what? This guy might be the smartest guy you've ever talked to your whole life. And I went on my rant about you were going about something happened. I predicted it was going to happen. And he paid me, and then he paid me again. And then he paid me a bonus. And at this point, he had sent me all this money. We we're just talking. And I went on my rant about 95 percent of people can't change. And he says, Josh. You know when people do change? And I said, when? When they have to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And nut Stephen Ross hasn't had to change. Gene Klein got him in whatever racket they were doing. <laughs> it's documented in the book. <laughs> they, they don't have to change. And that's just like, Josh, you're betting your game. Nobody does that. Well, I can because I'm betting the same game. And it's the yeah. same people doing what? The same thing. The guy's in his 70s or 80s. He's been doing this, the same thing for 60 years. Even more, maybe out of the womb, he's, he was doing this kind of stuff. And, and you also have to realize that these, these people, like a Stephen Ross, like a Gene Klein, like right. a Eddie DiBattolo, do not have a lot of people around them saying, no, no. don't do that. 
do something else. They have a lot of enablers and yes people that will agree with them because they do not want to lose their job because they're getting paid very well by these people. So, um, so keep right. that in mind too. Exactly, Jadel's the same way. And it's like, yeah. this is not, yeah. again, purpose outcome. This is not idle information. Use this information to bet the current season because Miami can go two ways. Are they going to continue their tanking ways or are they going to try to win games because the heat's yes. on? You're, you're getting more information so you can get to the truth to pick a game to what? Use the money to go to the Bitcoin card. The Bitcoin card goes to your wife and your wife buys gasoline. And nobody's complaining about inflation in your household because you're picking these games accurately. Yes. <laughs> every Sunday, right? Like Scott says, you know, a, lot, a lot of people said that have listened to the podcast and gotten this information. This is the most money they've ever made paying out games. Absolutely. Now things are cleared up with all the lies they've been being said. Absolutely. Because because if you realize, if you're a better, you don't go to the window. If you don't listen to this podcast, you just go to the window and say, I like the Cowboys minus six this week. Right. They're at home. They, you don't give any rationale. They're at home minus six against the Falcons. I like them. I'm picking them. But if you listen to this podcast, you realize – the whys and hows to pick that. Why are you picking them? And how can I rationalize picking them? And right. if you listen to this, us, myself, Josh, and Chad, you realize exactly why you're picking them. So, and, and it's for it to be business, it has to be scalable, repeatable, yeah. and consistent. Yep. So, one losing week in two years. Yeah, or one, one in three years, really, I think it is, because I think the last two years have been every week a win. So it's really, I think, one out of three, you know, you know, nobody does that. But it, right. it's not like it's that we have so much knowledge. It's almost like having inside information. We don't have inside information. Yeah. But it's like yeah. we have inside information. Exactly. So page 350, as we get into the levels of corruption, and as we get into why on the podcast, when I figure out that there's a player who likes Coke, right? That's another thing that has to change. The Coke used to be in Coke cans. And cocaine still is a major part of our Coke, even though it's illegal. Uh, that's one of those things, Coke, pot, abortion. It doesn't matter if it's legal or illegal. People are still going to do it. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> and it's just so like no doubt. It's prevalent. It's prevalent right. everywhere. You can right. find it everywhere, easily. all over the world. It doesn't matter where yep. you're at. Yep. Right. San Diego owner Gene Klein told me he obtained Chuck Muncie from the Saints. I walked into the office one day. And someone says to me, "We can get Chuck Muncie for a second round pick." Like Catherine walking into the office, we can get Deshaun Watson for four first round picks or whatever. It is. Yep. And I said, "Go get him. Don't waste time." Our competition is the Raiders. I said, pick up the phone and close the deal. You have to talk to, uh, to Chuck about his drug problems. <laughs> I said, that's a talk. Nothing's been proven. <laughs> there we go. Who says that, right? Only criminals say nothing's been proven. Right? Uh, 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 the baseball king, Barry Bonds. Nobody ever proved it. Uh, again, some of the, the, the things will go back full circle. Roger Clemens, nothing's been proven. Nothing's been proven. Nothing's been proven. So, Chuck Muncie had a cocaine gambling problem with the Broncos, Chargers, and Saints. And Chuck Muncie was a big time running back back right. then. Big so, time running back. Would he form the ball for cocaine? purpose once you start doing that stuff you almost can never stop right especially if you're an athlete you know because it's easily found it's easily found i mean you could go to boston find it you can go to uh text dallas texas find it you can go to los angeles california and find it it's very easily found and as an athlete once you start you cannot stop and back then the drug Stuff was not as stringent as it is now in the NFL. So, but then you had Jerry Judy, right? 
before yeah. uh, who ended up going to rehab for cocaine in the middle of the season. Yeah. So Gene Klein, right? Gene Klein for a reason because it ties into them. So Gene Klein, right there, when he says nothing's been proven yet, it seems that like he's getting him for a rack. <laughs> Maybe he's telling him when to fumble for the extra cocaine or whatever. So he has a few heart attacks. He's forced to sell the team, San Diego Chargers, to the Greek Mafia. Headed by Daddy Spanos, not Dean Spanos. But I'll look up Dean Spanos here. Another winner of an owner. He's like, Josh, what evidence do you have about any of this? If we put the rules of evidence that we have. We're not lawyers or attorneys or anything. We just have a, a code of uh, legal rule for evidence. That's been my experience as an expert witness in San Diego for restaurants and you know working for clients, quarterbacking legal cases where I hired the attorney, the forensic accountants, the accountants, and I quarterback everything for a successful conclusion. Then you know lawyers explain to me, okay, this is what evidence is, or this is what how we can prove to the judge that there's absolutely no way the other side can win. We have that on there. So that's what we go by. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I have direct evidence of Daddy, Daddy Alex Fanos. He wrote a book, good book to read. Uh, we were, my family got hired to clean uh, hotels in Clearwater, Florida. He gave himself to supervise. So when you know that somebody comes themselves to supervise, you know they're not at the high, high end of the mafia. Those guys are on top. So he came. And he also owned uh, trailer parks in Stockton, California. He's the second slumlord owner to own an NFL team, right? The first one, second one, is the Glazer family, now owns uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Manchester United. Yep, yep. Daddy Glazer came into my restaurant. He was referred to by George Steinbrenner. I guess these guys all know each other. He he owned the chain Callahan's. Just kind of like, you know, Chili's. Oh, okay. There's yep. Marcus Callahan's. Uh, and he gave me a lecture on restaurant. That's restaurant team, right? That's what God gave us two years in one mouth. I just sit there and listen to him. But, okay, so he's a mobster from Tarpon Springs, Florida. I'll bring you links to it and a book you can read, too, about the Greek mafia there. Have experience with them. I have a good friend of mine who's, who's part of it. Uh he suddenly becomes the owner of San Diego Chargers. Dean Spanos. So you got these family-owned teams. You start making a list of these. You got Art Rooney, Pittsburgh. You got Mara, family, and New York Giants. You have the York, the Bartolo family, San Francisco 49 but not, they're not all the same, right? Because San Francisco will pay for backups. And so will Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh's kind of cheap, right? They got rid of Livion Bell kind of early. And maybe they'll, they'll pay for a backup if they got a chance to win a Super Bowl. If not, they'll yes. lose. Yes. You watch Chargers this year. will not pay for backup. They'll develop no. very cheaply. And they'll put them in when they're not ready. That's why you make money on them. Second half of the season, second half finals. So, with that knowledge we have now, right, of Alex Panos to Dean Panos, let me explain to you this, Scott, and I think this will be a good breaking point because it, it will get us to, basically, we did the early corruption in the NFL. We did the, the mid-history Corruption in the NFL, and then the third part will be okay. Specific NFL corruption now. Oh, like, why, why are you paying three hundred dollars for the NFL Sunday ticket versus paying fifty bucks? You know yeah. what I mean? Ask your guy if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Knowing what I've said, you don't have to take what I say for gospel. You can, you know, you can research it yourself. 
everybody's yeah. you know, I'll make sure I'm gonna work now that I really don't have any more time, I'll be more scripted with my time, I'll be better at time management. And I'll make sure all the episode notes are good and we'll get out a newsletter and uh, we'll get out the Sunbelt Conference. We'll get out and we'll start rolling with them. But l- let me ask you if this makes sense, right? So you have to kick off. If, if Alex Bounds was coming to that uh, 25 years ago, coming to that hotel in Clearwater, mm-hmm. talking to my mom and seeing things are clean or not, Giving me ten dollars because I'm in high school. Hey, hey, good job. That, that that's the cleanest conference room I've ever seen here. Here you go, ten bucks. I'm happy of junior high school. Alex, you know, nice man, Victor Bartolo, my fan. But it's still kicking up. That creates a deficit in money that has to be made made up somewhere. Guess who's yeah. making it up, right? The fans. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No All right, doubt. so. Dean Spanos, his sister, is suing him because there's no money in the trust. Yep. Family trust. Now, the team's worth, the market set by Denver at $4.3 billion. Yeah. yeah. And now Walmart owns all the sports teams in Denver. Kroenke owns the Avalanche. They just won. Stanley Cup title. Kroenke owns the Rams. Just one. His brother from the Walton family or his brother-in-law now in Denver. Remember, Walmart and the NFL are both commercial real estate companies. Yeah. Yep. Make a lot of money with this, right? Last two Absolutely. We're cash tickets from the home team getting the highest and best use a real estate, and I translate it to the highest and best use of your time while watching football games. So versus working a part-time at 7-Eleven, having the games on the radio, by learning how to bet on the games and monetize it, yeah, you on your couch with the NFL Sunday ticket and the result, watching <laughs> games. <laughs> right? This is purpose and outcome. That's the yeah, absolutely one. For people who listen to the podcast. So, Scott, it's the fact that there's no money in the trust right now. And she wants them to force sell the team so she can catch out. I forgot yeah. how old she is. She's like in her 60s. Like, I'm going to be dead. And I'm never going to see any of this money. These guys no, no. kicking up the tarpon springs. Type in tarpon. They clean it up a lot. But there's still, you can still find, I'll give you the link to the book, Murders at the Tarpon Springs. Sponge dots. So that's what so they're kicking up to the sponge dots. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the fact that there's no money there. And then the fact that the Chargers don't like to pay for backups. The fact right, that right. They're, they're kicking up all this money. Does that make sense? Oh, it totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. You, you have to realize, too, with this family squabble going on. Don't ever bet the charges to go to Super Bowl. <laughs> number one. Number two, number two, they could be nine four coming down to the last few games. They're not going to win those games because they have no backups. Exactly. These guys get hurt. That's why they lost. They the don't pay for backups. Yes. Yes. So when we on the podcast say the charges are cheap, they're even cheaper now because there's no money left for Spanos to do anything with that team. So basically, he's working off ticket prices, concession prices, and what the NFL owners, the spread they get. It's all he's working on. Where these other owners have money in the till, like a Robert Kraft, like a Jerry Jones, like a, you know, uh, Glazer family, because their team won the Super Bowl. Why do you think they got Tom Brady? Because they wanted to win the Super Bowl. They had the money to pay him. They went and paid him. They won a Super Bowl. But but the, the, the Bucks will pay for quality depth. Yes. Yes. The secondary yes. is decimated, but they still had good quality guys that they paid good money for. Yes. Keep him in that game against the Rams. 
Charging exactly. for you to do that. We you, knew, we told you. If the one thing is to say this and say that, but before it happened, we told you, right? That yep. Houston was going to cover against the Chargers last year. Chargers. So people were crazy. So, I even got messages. Oh, you, oh, how can you pick that? That's crazy. You're picking Houston. Uh, and, I, and I said, hey, it sounds crazy, but the Chargers are owned by the Greek Mafia and they have to kick up. And this is a game where that syndicate is going to make a lot of money. The, the thing you have to understand when you bet is back in 2008, when the Patriots went undefeated, they were favored by 17 to 21 points almost every game they played, okay? So if the other team scores 10 points, the Patriots have to score 32 to cover that spread. That's a lot. When Houston's well, favored then, by 50. You know, and then we'll get to stuff we'll get into in the season, but yeah, uh, Belichick's a defense coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Vikings, a 10-point lead for him is like a 30-point lead, and he's going to put it on the defense. Boom, what? The game goes on. What do you think happens when the Chargers get up by a lot in games, going back to the Chargers? They take the foot off the pedal because they don't have backups. They do they not to want to tie around the starters. If the backup is exactly. going in, it's not to do well. It's to yeah. buy time. And when the Chargers, exactly. I give Tom Telesco a lot of credit because Tom Telesco not complaining that he's working for a mafia organization. He's saying, okay, right. I'm going to have to right. develop guys. And if they come in while they're not developed, we'll take our lumps. But three or four years, we might make a Super Bowl with a whole developed team, like a college team. Really, right. a college mentality. But it's going to take three or four years. So that's why you have to do your research. Where are these guys at? Now, the San Diego Charger offensive line last year, literally, they even admitted they were putting guys that weren't developed yet. It shouldn't yep. have been on the field. Yep. And the, and the last and thing the I NFL, have... theoretically, you shouldn't have to develop because you're a pro team. <laughs> you, right. you, you, you scout and you get the backup who got cut exactly. from somewhere else. You have to pay them a little bit more money, but you get them. So your guy gets hurt. It's not a disaster. You're right. Stable. And the... And the... And the last thing I'll ask, and you said this on the podcast every week we talked about this team, and it's right. It's accurate, 100, 1,000% accurate. Who is the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers? Uh, John Lynch. The guy sitting in the front office. Right. Why? Hall of Fame defensive guy knows right. how to play defense. Right. So that guy is running the defense from high above for Kyle Shanahan. Right now, during the summer, right? Today is June 28th. He's in a yep. conference room with the alleged defensive coordinator. We're going to well, now they're, telling they're him what, how they get, what defense they're going to play against each team, what style, who to bring on blitzes, all that stuff. They're going through it right now. They don't wait till the season starts. Oh, they're game yes. playing for them this week, right? You hear it on TV, right? It's a big line. That's why I don't listen to ESPN. I never... Uh, you know, I haven't watched ESPN maybe 15 years. Yeah. It used to be, I don't even go to the gym anymore. Right, right. COVID and what happened. But it used to be at the gym on the way to the shower or coming in and out. You would, they would have ESPN on there. And in, 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 after not listening to ESPN for 10 years, it would always shock me the crazy things they say. Oh, they're game planning for them this week. No. They game plan for those people during the summer. Right? Not... And, and I will tell you this, for people listening to us right now, I will almost place to bet opening night of this season coming up, Rams-Bills. I will almost bet that over-under will be close to 60 points. Why? Because those offenses are presumed to be the two best offenses in the NFL. I will guarantee you that will not come close to 60 points. Right. I will guarantee you. I think we both already bet so, the other wherever we can go. Right now, there's already yep. a bet place on the other. And I will and I will heavy bet the under when I get into Vegas, get into my hotel room before the first game. I will heavy bet the under in Vegas on that game because there's no way that game gets to 60 points. So you can see little tendencies developing. Look at what Buffalo did this offseason. Juan Miller. The corner, the secondary is totally healthy. 
So to me, oh, for with this part, team in the season, and who's yeah. their head coach, right? Yeah, it's Sean McDermott. Yeah, so you could see the little tendencies, and by this little hour and ten minute show that we just did, you the Chargers' tendencies have been clear since Gene Klein was in <laughs> charge. Right. Right. Regardless, and now of it's the, carried to the spin because now they're fighting. Now, right. Now the sister and the brother are fighting. So right. that's thrown everything off. So to me, the Chargers will be the same team they were last year. No depth, no quality backups. And we'll we're not saying it might not do well, not not make the playoffs, but right, looking things on the margin right. where where they're on a hot streak like they were last year. They're doing well, and they go to a Houston on the road. And you get this outrageous number. Yeah. It's already going in the other way. So we're creating mental shortcuts that we can pick every game and monetize every game. Because we're exactly. picking games now already during the summer. We're already picking uh, games and picking how. Yeah, I've already. Remember, look, look at uh, Pete Carroll. He says, I've been coaching 30 years. I'm not going to change. Okay. We've been watching Pete Carroll for 30 years. He's saying he's not going to change. He's getting rid of somebody who could back talk, right? Russell Wilson could back talk. I won a Super Bowl. I'm calling. I'm doing this and that. He got rid of him. He says, "No, my way or the highway. I'm, I'm what? I'm I'm God. I'm Lord Supremer. What? On Game her- of Thrones guy, uh, Pete Carroll. And what I say goes. Bill Belichick the same way. What?" What on earth does everybody listening think Russell Wilson is going to do to the Seahawks in week one this year? What on earth do you think he's going to do? He's up 28. He's going up 35. He's well, up he 35. He's going up 42. What defense are going to play? Yeah, that, that's the thing. He, he knows everything about Pete Carroll. He's not going to change. He knows everything about him. He knows weaknesses, everything else. Right. I, that, that's another, another bet that you can bet heavy on. Well, not betting it now. Right? Not you saying it now. Research. You got to see Absolutely. the offensive line is healthy. Absolutely. You know, it's all kinds of different things you have to look at. A thousand but percent. You don't know who's starting. Who's, yeah, you don't know who's starting for the Seahawks. You don't know who's playing, who's not playing. Right. I'm not picking the game now, but but Russell Wilson has extra motivation in week one going to Seattle playing that coach and that team. Just saying. You got to get them in practice for the last decade. So DeMarco exactly. Ryans, D'Amico Ryans is the alleged defense coordinator of San Francisco. But what? Roger Slay, look what a disaster on defense the Jets were. What? Because he's never been a defensive coordinator. He's never exactly. been able to call the shots because he was working for Pete Carroll. He called exactly. all the shots. And then for John Lynch. Exactly. Exactly. And then Jets will be no better this year than they were last year, I don't think. Because yeah. Because he doesn't because he, he didn't run a defense in San Francisco. John Lynch ran the defense. Right. If you don't believe it, look at the Jets last year. Right. Look at all the defensive tendencies. Exactly. If D'Amico Ryan's gets a head coaching job, that defense will not be good because right. he's not the one. He's just standing there with the he's head the card and the headset. Yeah, they might be good the second year because he's learning on the job this year. If he can. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, we're giving you tendencies now to look at. Right. So look at them. Look at them all right. year long when we do our previews. Look at them. College make previews. money on the games. You you make had a per. This is not idle. Perfect. It's actually yeah. You had a you had the perfect Pac-12 analyst on right for the for that preview a quarterback right. in the league in that conference listen to him and listen to what josh said take it into account i will watch that thing twice i've already written notes down on that conference i'm, I'm ready me. to go believe me yeah no and, and remember these are people who listen to the podcast yeah and chance is going to be I say marginal utility and, and i say that what goes on in oregon state is not much different it goes on with the 49ers. Yeah. Nah. Chance, Chance Nolan will be in New York in December for the Heisman. Yeah. Mark my words. He's going well, to be one of the finalists. You know, yeah, politics be. aside yeah. and, you know, whatever. <laughs> yes. But if, get, if get the Phil's, anywhere close to the up and up, then uh, – then Look at the Phil's, 
Look at the Phil Still magazine. Who's on the cover? There's a reason why these guys are on the cover. Right. Because Phil Still thinks they're going to be in really, the really good yeah. this year. In the Northwest and West, he's on the cover. He, he yes. changes it for region. Yeah. So, to me, all these are blinking lights. So, right. listen to us, our podcast. You don't have to agree 100%, but take take bits and pieces in terms of Josh says the charges are cheap because they don't pay backups. That's a valid point. That's a hundred percent accurate. So it's actionable. So you bet the second half line yep. against who, who they're playing. Yep. All right. So that would be a good stopping point there. We're going to send it to a three-part series because that brings in together, right? The history from Gene Klein to the Spanos <clears throat> to why they're in a court battle now. Why there's no yep. money in that trust. Yep. This is all published information, information you get of public records. But we give away every pick for free. We're not like action sports. It charges you $300. They're starting to charge $300. i will say it now because they're starting to charge $300 for the NFL season. Uh, you, here you can tip us on a link, 25 bucks at least. We have a tip job going. Yeah. <laughs> for all the, the money we have been making. Who reported in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, you can multiply that by 10. Right? Yeah. What do they say when a yeah. girl tells you how many people they slept with? You multiply it by 10. A guy, you divide by three. <laughs> they try to tell you how many women they slept with. <laughs> so for the money that gets reported to us, you can probably multiply it by 10. Right? Uh, because it's not idle information, it's actionable information. You go and you, because we're giving you information for you to get to as close to the truth as possible to predict outcomes, and then boom, you pick the optimal result of a wager consistently and scalable. You can pay for vacations, inflation, and gas. But we always close with Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESPC Podcast Network. That's why this one don't cost $800, and that goes $200. And I don't know what that costs, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I'm